I especially enjoy coming to share with this particular group. And I'm not sure why. Everywhere I go, there's people just open and receiving, but somehow it's different here. I don't know what it is. Can you guys hear me okay? Okay. As long as you can hear. Uh, I spent all day yesterday and all morning this morning getting a message ready, which I'm not going to deliver. <laughs> As we were praying this morning uh, in the prayer room for the meeting, the Lord was speaking about something that I had not planned on talking about at all. So I don't know how to introduce it. I don't know how to develop it, and I don't know where I'm going. But I know who. You know who. Uh, just a word about in the, in the prayer time, uh, as Ida wa Idy was uh, praying, she used the word open several times, open, 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 open. And it's like the Lord said, I want you to talk about openness today. And uh, as I thought that thought immediately, it occurred to me there's actually three levels of openness. And I've never taught this. I've never th even thought it before. There's three levels of openness that are necessary for us to have a real, genuine, spiritual experience, if I could call it that. The first is there is an open heaven. And that is not going to close. Whenever in uh, the book of Revelation, and I'm sure you're all familiar with chapter 4, uh, then I looked and I saw an open door in heaven. That door has never been closed. Ever. It has never been closed. God has never been closed to mankind. No matter what you've done, what you got involved in, what you said, no matter who you hurt, who you wounded, or who wounded you, God is open to you. And his place is open for you to enter. So the first openness is taken care of. That's his part. And he already did that. And we could go through a whole history of the openness uh, and some of the stuff that happens in the context of God's openness to mankind. We could go through all of that. But I don't think that's the direction we need to go. Heaven is open today. And you are welcome. But there's a second level of openness. My heart has to be open to receive. Uh, a number of years ago, I had this, uh, this concept that came to me as I was working with a particular uh, teaching uh, that I used to call, Closed is Closed. And I, I have here a gallon jar. How many of you see the gallon jar? Spiritual people always see it. Now, how many of you see the, okay, you see the jar? And there's a lid. You see the lid? Okay, closed 
is closed. Heaven is open and pouring out. We get wet, but we don't get filled. Let that settle in. Heaven is open and heaven is pouring out what it has to offer for you. Whatever situation you're presently going through, whatever you've been going through, whatever you're going toward, heaven has already begun the process of pouring. Are you open to receive? So that's the second openness that there needs to be. I need to be open for God to do something I hadn't planned. Like, for example, I had a wonderful message ready for this morning. And the Lord said, put that one on the shelf. Okay, what do you want me to talk about? Talk about open. Okay. <laughs> I can do that. I am open. Now, what sorts of things close us off to what heaven wants to enter? What he wants to pour into us? Well, it could be several things. But number one, I think we have a preconceived notion as what that means. And I'm expecting that to happen when God is planning for this to happen. And so he pours it out, but it misses me because I'm waiting for that. Did that communicate? Like I said, I... I I'm having to work this as a go, so let me know whether it's is working or not. God has something for you today. And it may not be what you came for. Well, I came just to do a church service. He's got a surprise for you. I came to get this or I came to get that. Lay all that down. As a matter of fact, we sang that song this morning. Lay it all down. All of your expectations, what you wanted and what you planned. And forget about what you're going to do after church. It's not then yet. It's now. And he's got something for you. I don't know what it is. It's different for each one of us. And I'm not in control of that. The Lord said, you just speak and let me take the words and place them where they're needed. And quite frankly, he might put a meaning on the words that never occurred to me. I can remember a number of years ago, I was uh, preaching at a particular church. And uh, as the tradition is, you stand in the back and shake everyone's hand. They tell you how wonderful you are. <laughs> Sometimes they're honest. Uh, and so I had spoken this word, and there, there's this couple come up to me, and uh, they say, oh, God really spoke to us this morning through your message. And so I, I'm curious, uh, what did God speak to you? And so they said very clearly, God said this. Now, I did not tell them, but I don't remember saying that. I didn't even say anything near that. Oh, well, you did. You said it. We heard it. God spoke to us. And so uh, I got the tape. I wanted to listen to it. 
I did not say that. Are you okay? Am I okay with God saying something to you that I'm not saying? That is my openness. Are you open? You see, there, there's this open thing that God wants to speak to us about today. Now, the third openness, and I'm not sure where we're going after this because it's still early. I've got to fill up the time. I think the Bible says use all the time, something like that. The third openness is your open mouth where you tell someone what you felt when he said what he said. So there's the openness to receive, but there's also the openness to tell others what God has done for you. The Bible talks about much about the value of testimony. Go tell somebody. Go tell it on the mountain. We should have sang that this morning. No, that's okay. Go tell it on the mountain. What do you need to tell on the mountain? Not the same thing that I need to tell on the mountain. Your story is not my story. I've got a very long story. I'm not going to tell the whole thing today, but my story began actually as early as 1945. And uh, I've never turned back. My story is still going. My story is not finished. And everywhere I go, I tell something about my story. Where did I get my story? story. Heaven opened up and poured out and I opened up and received and now I've got a story. God did something for you guys yesterday or last week or last year. God has done something in every one of your life. Probably most of you he's done several things. And you openly received what the open heaven had for you. Have you told someone what God did for you? Now most of it, yeah, I told this, that, and the other. But the challenge today is to be more aware of this three-level openness because any one of these open uh, issues are no good unless all three are working. The fact that hope, heaven is open does not change my life if I am not open. And if I am open and receive but not open to talk, then it stops here and gets stagnant. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you have experienced some stagnant in your life? Man, I, I'm, gee, I'm up to here. I don't know what's going on. I thought God was good. Well, he is. Maybe what's missing is you have not opened your mouth and shared. Maybe you shared with someone, but he wanted you to share with someone else, and you thought, well, they wouldn't be interested. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we could develop 
if I had time and had notes, we would already have it worked out. But I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know who I'm talking about. And I know the, the history of how he works in people's life. This much I know. So there is the open heaven that's not going to change. And heaven, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. How many of you got some flesh? That's not something he did once upon a time. It's something he does every day, every day, every day. He is pouring out his spirit on you. And you are receiving on some level, some deeper and some not so deep. But that's, that's up to him to change all of that and to work with it. But the challenge that I'm after in the beginning of what I'm talking about today is the challenge to be more bold to open your mouth and share what you've seen. Now, I, uh, what I had planned on talking about today, and I guess I'll at least introduce the message I'm not going to preach. I wanted to talk about the glory of God. And I was going to start actually with 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, where he, we all, uh, he takes us in triumph and we have glory and all of this stuff. And then in chapter 3 where he talks about there's the, the written code that kills and, the, and, and the, that which is written on stone and that which is written on hearts and, and all of that. And then I was going to talk about the glory that began in uh, verse 7 of chapter 3. Uh, if the ministry of death carved in stone letters on stone, came with such glory what the Israelites could not gaze, uh, that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of the glory which was being brought to an end. In other words, that glory was there when he came down from the mountain, but over time, that glory diminished. And then he goes on to say that the veil that he put over his face because complete, uh, people complained, you shine too bright when you talk. Put a veil on it. The world does not like to hear the unveiled truth. Moses up on the mountain was in the presence of open heaven and he received in openness so completely that his, literally his physical face, the skin on his face was shining so brightly that people said, put a lid on it. Now, how many of you have ever heard someone tell you to put a lid on it? <laughs> yeah, we have. Many of us have never heard that because the lid stays on. We never took the lid off. Now, that's another sermon. I'm not going there today. But this glory. And what I began to see this morning as, as we were in a prayer time is the connection between these three levels of openness that I'm talking about and the three levels of glory. The glory is the presence 
of the living God in all of his beauty and majesty. That was on Mount Sinai. But when he came down, it was on his face. His physical face was carrying the glory of God. What do you carry? Most of you carry a lot more than you know. It's like years and years ago, there was this commercial Prego sauce. It's in there. It's in there. And guys, I'm telling you, God has poured out His Spirit upon you. It's in there. Now, let's get some open to release it. And that, the fact that it's on his face means that the glory of God can rest on a human body. And I'm not yet talking about Jesus. Obviously, that's true. Uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. What they were looking at was his physical body. We beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, and that is manifest in the story of the, uh, of the uh, transfiguration where he's on the mountain. And it's still the same Jesus, but somehow the veil that made him look like a regular human being was lifted and they saw his clothes, the cloth on his body was shining with such brilliance and his face was shining with such brilliance and I personally believe that was his physical body you see we're not two individuals we're one Jesus was not two he's one he is God in the flesh and you could see it when he decided to unveil. Now, if he had unveiled everywhere he went, the crucifixion would have happened a lot sooner. He knew when the Lord said, okay, now is the time. And so he yielded himself to that in openness, having received, in openness, having taught and having taught, and revealing more and more of who he is and causing the Pharisees to get more and more stirred up and angry. And full well knowing where it was leading, he did not put a lid on it. He did manage how much of it came forth because the time was not yet right. The fullness of time had not yet come. Now this word fullness of time that's not a once-for-all thing. Today is the fullness of time for what God wants to do today. And if you're waiting for tomorrow for what God wants to do today, you're missing the fullness of time. I don't know. I may be rambling too much. But guys understand there's something that God wants to do in each one of us and through each one of us 
every day, every moment. I want to so live my life. If you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. Oh, Brother Found, just show us Jesus. You've been looking at me all this time and you haven't seen me? If we could only say that in all honesty. And on one level we can. In all honesty, he lives in here. There's nothing dishonest about that. There's nothing proud and arrogant about that. He lives in here. And I've not yet learned how to release that as fully and completely as I would like to. Uh, my clothes are not yet shining. <laughs> and I, I don't know about my face, you judge that, I don't have a mirror. How open are you to let people see what's going on in your life? Yeah, but you don't know how hard it is. Was it hard for Jesus? Did he stop shining when it got hard? Why do we stop shining when it gets hard? Because we want the shine to be our shine. Look how wonderful I am. Yeah, I'm just able to handle whatever comes. Glory to me, I meant God. So, I just want to read a few verses here and... Uh, hopefully draw a conclusion at some point. Now, he's talking about Mount Sinai and uh, God giving the law, in verse 7, the ministry of death carved in letters of stone. Uh, death was ministered when life was intended. The purpose of the law was not to kill. The purpose of the law was to give life. Why did it kill? Well, God said in Exodus, in the beginning, chapter 19, if you will hearken to my voice, one, and keep covenant, that means don't play around with other gods. If these two, then you will be my special people, a nation of priests, a holy nation. It's highly questionable whether they ever became a holy nation. It's highly questionable how many of the priests were real priests. Because it was actually Aaron in the very beginning who led the people to do the golden calf and, and, and bless that, go into a sex orgy over a golden calf. It was a priest that led them into that. So where is the real priest? Well, the book of Peter says we are. What are we leading people into by our life and by our influence? I know this, this is a very challenging word, but I think during the period of time that we're walking through today in the national and international crisis, we need something real. We don't just need a better doctrine. We only need an openness to receive and openness to release in God's timing by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 
I think it was Sherry, while we pray, were praying this morning, she had a vision. How many of you remember years ago the movie that's called Up, where he put all the balloons on the house and the house went up, and uh, she shared that particular vision. <clears throat> and uh, you know, if you go up in the balloons, you're going where the wind is going. You cannot navigate the balloons. The wind navigates the balloons. And so we are called up. Come out of yourself and come up here into the open heaven and let the wind of God take you where it wants you to go and it will set you down where you need to be seated and it will stand you up again and take you off again. Thank you in the place that he wants to take you. It's not as though, once I got saved and said those words and said that prayer, it's all settled. It's set in stone. It's not set in stone. It's set in a heart of flesh. Now, if you have a stony heart, that's a different issue. <laughs> I don't think there's any stony hearts here. In your flesh, there's something that the world needs desperately. Now, they could not gaze at the face because of the glory, even though that glory was fading. But the point goes on to say that when Jesus Christ came, that was a glory that remains forever and ever and ever and ever. This is a glory that does not diminish. It only gets brighter and brighter and brighter. I want that. I want that. Then, uh, verse 12. We have such a hope, and the hope he's talking about is, God has promised that through you and through you, he is going to manifest his glory in your world, in your environment, in your community in your family, in your home. He's ready to do that. And it's going to be much greater than the glory of the former days. Uh, so, they put a veil, and let's see where I want to go next. Today, when, and I want to read verse 14, but their minds were hardened, for to this day when they read the Old Covenant. Now, Old Covenant, what were they reading? The Bible. There was no New Testament. When Paul wrote this, the book of Acts hadn't even been written yet. And as far as I know, none of the Gospels have been written. There was no New Testament. What did they read in church? The only Bible they had which was what we call the Old Covenant. And when they read the Old Covenant, that veil still remains, but the veil is not on the text. The veil is on the minds and the hearts of the people who are reading or being read to from the text. I, I grew up in a very legalistic church. I mean, I literally gave my heart to the Lord in 1945. 
I was eight years old. And it was a very real experience with him. But the church I was a part of, fighting fundamentalists is a good way to, to talk about them. The fighting fundies. They were right, and they were the only ones going to heaven, and they weren't even sure about all of them. You know, us four, no more. That, that kind of a thing. And uh, the wonderful thing about the church I grew up in, they took Bible study seriously. We studied the Bible every Sunday. If we're there Wednesday night, it's Bible, it's Bible. If we have a week of uh, ministry, it's Bible, Bible, Bible. And I was trained to understand that the Bible is the Word of God. And even though it was a very legalistic denomination, I received this. The Bible is the Word of God. And so I blessed that legalistic church for what they gave me. And I can remember after I, quote, graduated from Sunday school and uh, as a teenager I joined the adults in the adult Sunday school. Deacon so-and-so was teaching and he would read a Bible verse and say, uh, Brother, what's your name? And he would call a name. What do you think that means? And Brother, what's his name? Would always say, I think it means what it says. <laughs> and everybody was happy with that because the, it means, but what does it say? It says what I think it says. It may not say what I think it says. So when they, whenever they said, well, I believe it just means what it says, they assumed that their legalistic doctrine was exactly what the Bible was saying. Are you with me? Okay. Now, I open up the Bible today and I start reading, actually for some time, for many years, I opened it up. I am no longer looking for answers to the questions that I have for the Bible. Now, I went through years of that as a scholar. As a matter of fact, I used to train my students, you have to ask the right questions as you approach the scripture, and I believe, I still believe that, but there is a switch that needs to happen. You need to listen to the question that the Bible is asking you. And what is the Bible asking you today? For freedom Christ has set us free. We all know that verse. In verse 17, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face. Interesting. What am I reading? The text. With an unveiled face, I'm reading the text. Well, what's in the text? Answers to my question? No. Another face. And that's later on in, uh, in uh, verse 6, which we're not going to go there right now because I, I think this is where I need to land it. 
When you're reading the Bible, you're facing another face. And if you see the text, and even and I appreciate Robert, memorize the text. You have not yet faced the face. No matter how accurately you repeat it, you have not yet faced the face that is facing you. Open heaven, open heart, open face, so when you see me, you see him. Now, I don't know if this made any sense today, but that's what I really sensed the Lord was downloading for me during the, uh, during the time of prayer this morning. So I, I'm going to call whoever's in charge of whatever happens when I'm through talking. <laughs> I t- this, uh, go ahead, Renee. Uh, as a professor, we didn't have altar calls. I taught, dismissed the class, and they went home. So I never learned to do altar calls. So I have spoken. The word has come forth. Have you received something? If so, then respond to what he has said to you. And amen.